Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 136, and we are pleased to have on from the OHIO, and as a native Iowan, I don't know about the OHIO, but we're going to roll with it for this afternoon. Doug Billman, the head boys basketball coach at Antwerp High School in Antwerp, Ohio. Uh, coach, are, 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 I'm assuming you're a Buckeye fan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Through and through. All right. As, as a Hawkeye slash Cyclone guy, uh, we'll, we'll just leave that aside for the next 60, <laughs> 60 or 70 minutes or so. How's that sound? That's that, that sounds completely fair. Completely okay. fair. <laughs> uh, but before we get to coach here, uh, we, of course, uh, want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located 144th of Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. Check out their practice at koschiro.com or make an appointment, 402 402- Nine six four zero three zero zero. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on their Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, you're listening. You're on iTunes, so download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can word out, gain momentum in the ratings, and make sure that we can help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Check out a pen and a napkin.com. A lot of great coaching resources on that website. How do I know that? Because I put it on there myself. And if you could, check out our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin. Or if you go to a pen and a napkin.com, we have a Patreon link right there. Doug Billman, better late than never today on this Friday afternoon. Uh, we were supposed to start taping this about an hour and a half ago, but I had car troubles. It's the, the life of a middle-class high school history teacher and basketball coach. Just gotta, you, you just got to love it, don't you, Doug? Absolutely. You just got to roll with it. I mean, there's just times where it's just like, okay, this is the way it's going to go. Let's fight it. Yep. Well, it was, it was a relatively minor, it was, it was an inconvenience. It wasn't some massive thing, but you know, just frustrating nonetheless. But Doug, thanks for rescheduling here a little bit later than what we anticipated. Uh, excited to get going here, talking with you here today, coach. Um, let's, uh, let's just, you know, kind of start this out the way we normally do. Tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, about your basketball journey and, and how you ended up at Antwerp high school in, in Ohio. Absolutely. And, you know, first off, just want to, you know, thank you for the opportunity to, to, you know, talk, uh, talk hoops, you bet. uh, talk about the Antwerp archers a little bit and talk about Ohio basketball. You know, I, I've been, I've been loving to hear some of the things that, uh, that goes on in, in, in um, you know, the Midwestern states and Nebraska and Iowa. And, you know, it's just been great through your pro- podcast to hear some of those things. So just a great opportunity. So I thank you for that. Um, you know, I graduated from Antwerp, uh, 1998 graduate, uh, from, from Antwerp high school. Uh, but that's not really where the journey started. Um, uh, when I graduated from high school, I, I, I thought I was going to go be a college basketball player, and um, I was going to go to a, a local Division three school here, uh, about 25 minutes from where I grew up in Defiance College, and you know that's mm-hmm. where I graduated from. Um, and you know I thought I was going to go play, and yeah. when I got to school, I mean, uh, to be co- completely honest, I, you know I, I was a little burnt out. Uh, and, um, I, I, that's when I started coaching to be, uh, and, and as, as a college student, my part-time job was, was coaching high school footballs when I first started. Uh-huh. Um, 
And, you know, so I was coaching high school football back at my alma, alma mater here at Antwerp. And, um, you know, we had some, we had a really good football team and the excitement of the community. I mean, so that got the, the, the coaching juices going. Yep. And, you know, it, and that bit me. And, you know, a lot of people talk about being bit by the coaching bug. And, and if I first got bit, well, from the football coaching bug and, and I thought I, as much as I love coaching football, I love basketball, you know, you know, tenfold. And, um, I thought if I'm going to love coaching football, there's no doubt I'm going to love coaching basketball. So, uh, my first year in college, I was an assistant uh, coach with the football team here at Antwerp. And then, um, you know, my first year, my freshman year in college, I was a, an assistant coach at Paulding high school, which is a near nearby County high school here, uh, coaching seventh grade basketball. And, uh, through my four years at, at defiance college, I was, I was a coach. Mm-hmm. I, I coached, I coach football and then I came over to Antwerp and I coached and I coached basketball after my first year at, at Paulding, uh, coaching basketball. Then I, I, I came back to Antwerp and was started my coaching career. Um, and truth be told that got me a, a teaching job. Um, my experience in coaching through college got me a teaching job when I graduated in four years from defiance college. Uh, um, I love to tell this story because it's really unique. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, teachers have mock interviews, for example, at sure. the end of their uh, their defi- at their college days. And I had a mock interview uh, at the end of my college days with uh, with uh, the principal from Bryan High School, which is a little bit north from uh, where I grew up, about thirty minutes. And um, you know, I went through the mock interview, and I got a call two days later from him saying, "Hey, we loved your mock interview." Uh, we love the fact that uh, we are looking for a coach in, in, that has experience in football and basketball because we need assistance in both. And we're looking for a phys ed teacher. Mm-hmm. And it all just kind of worked out. And, um, you know, sometimes when, you know, when people get into it, you know, they're, they're scurrying or trying to find a teaching position or something to that nature out of out of college. One fell in my lap. And, you know, I was very fortunate for that. So I spent the next 15 years um, at Bryan High School. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, 11 of them were teaching, um, uh, oh, excuse me, 15 as, as, as a teacher, obviously, uh, four years as the JV coach and then 10 years as, as the head coach. Uh, my last year of teaching over there, I was actually the head coach back here at Antwerp. Uh-huh. Um, so, so I, so I was at, t- uh, 10 years of, of head coaching at Bryan high school. Uh, Bryan high school is a bigger school. Uh, one of the big, when, when you, when you talk about Ohio high school hoops, um, and Ohio high school, uh, divisions, um, uh, division one are the big schools. Division mm-hmm. one are all the, your big schools. And obviously it goes down to two, three. And when you're talking basketball, division four is the smallest. Uh-huh. Antwerp, where I coach at now is, is small. We are a tiny school. We're a small school. And where I got hired at Bryan was a division two. So it's a, it's a bigger school. So that yeah. was a, a little bit eye opening for me. How many kids were uh, in, in, in the average class at Bryan? Uh, we are, we're looking at about a hundred and 175 kids, 160 okay. to 175 kids. Okay. Um, and then when I graduate, you know, here at Antwerp, you're looking at, you know, anywhere from 40 to 60. Yep. Okay. Um, so, uh, so, so those differences were there and Brian was a, was a baseball school, um, you know, and, and continues to be a really big baseball school. And I love my time at Brian. Um, I love the kids at Brian and then, um, you know, Lo and behold, uh, my wife comes into play, uh, into my life, um, around my 10 year, uh, anniversary of of coaching basketball at Bryan. And, uh, she's an Antwerp grad as well. 
and you know an opportunity came into our life to um, start our life here in Antwerp together and our, and uh, start our family here in Antwerp and you know the uh, uh, my boss now Drew Oldemus, uh came to me and there's an opportunity to coach basketball here and um, to come home mm-hmm. and you know that, that's that's a little bit unique and and that opportunity came forth and it was a hard decision for sure and we made the jump over here to Antwerp so um, kind of my journey there and coaching of, of of where we all ended up and and you know this is where we are now yeah how uh, you know it, it had to be a very difficult process of of leaving a place that you were at for all told 15 years 10 years as a high school as the as a varsity what was the process like i mean you're at a place for for 15 years you were there for 10 years as a as a head coach uh and and you're leaving uh, I, i'm sure that had to be pretty difficult on you uh professionally and and personally you know what was that process like for you doug it, it was extremely difficult uh you know i, I knew it was it, the decision that we were making was certainly right for our family and our family heading forward um, but it was still hard, you know, I, 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 you just truly enjoy the, the people that you're working with in that, you know, in the school system and in the athletic department, but the kids, I mean, um, it, it was a totally different scenario if you're, if you're leaving on, on, a, on, on a case where um, you didn't have a lot of success or the kids weren't great or, the, you know, the parents weren't great, whatever it was. I mean, everything about Brian, my time at Brian was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really difficult. Um, and I and I still remember my time and that my moment of talking to the kids um, in June, right before we were getting ready to start our summer workouts at Brian, um, and and walking out of that gym knowing that I wasn't going to be the coach anymore. It was it was it was hard. It was emotional. Um, it, it, but it's a part of what you get into this. It just tells you what I mean. Why you why you coach? Is you coach for the kids and you coach your, for your relationships with your kids? And that just that, that told me that I'm doing this for the right reason because I know how strong my relationships were with those kids and Brian. Yeah, uh, it, it sounds like that you have a really really good relationship uh, with Drew Aldemus. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's correct. And you know just. He he was a. It sounds like he was a pretty driving force to to bring you back to to Antwerp. Absolutely, uh, Coach A. You know he was he was a, he was uh, a coach for me when I was in high school, um, and you know he's always been a mentor to me um, in, in getting me starting into coaching. Uh, he was the head football coach here at Antwerp for a long period of time, um, and you know he was. He, the first head coach that I've ever worked under um, because that was my first coaching job was football and just, you know, knowing how he handles kids and, and he handles this situation um, of, of dealing with kids and coaching kids and teaching kids is phenomenal. And, um, you know, he even got me, you know, in my time at Brian, my last few years at Brian, I had dropped down and just done uh, a junior high coaching spot in football just because of the time. Um, the excessive amount of time of going from football to basketball was really hard. Sure. Um, and he kind of and he talked me into it when I came back to Antwerp of of coming back and and, and helping out the varsity because he's he's a persuasive guy that's for sure. <laughs> and um, he got me back into the 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 high school coaching field on, um, as far as football is concerned. And, um, but he he has had a tremendous uh, input on how I how uh, how I coach today, and I can't thank him enough for what he's done for me and our family. 
how how much easier is your job as a varsity coach to have the confidence in an administrator or or an administration that you really really trust and you know that they're going to have your back uh, it's it's just it's an unbelievable relief something that you don't have to 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 worry about i mean that one's off the plate um and and that's really the case you know we have a great high school principal here as well travis leesty who is you know a guy that i've coached with as well you know and and right now to be 100 i'm I'm coaching both of their sons um and you know they they are a vital part of of what we are doing they're a vital part of our program here uh and high school currently but i but i know they trust in me to 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 do what's best for not only our program but also for 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 their sons and, and trying to make you know the entire thing work and uh that trust it, it just goes it goes beyond especially got two guys that i've looked up to in, in leadership roles um it, it just makes me feel that you know I, I, we're on the right path as a program and i think that's that, that's really key especially when your boss as the athletic director as the athletic director has your back and mm-hmm. you know just a just a quick little story that i that i love to tell um you know recently we for the first time in school history you know we make it to the state tournament in, in basketball um and we break through the door and our community's buzzing, and everything's going i mean there's a lot being thrown at me as a coach um right off the get-go Mm-hmm. Not only game, not only game planning wise, it's just everything. Everything's yeah. coming at you. Yeah, yeah. And, it is a whirlwind, especially up. the first time you go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Media requests, all those things. Yep. And our AD Drew and our principal Travis just take it and run. They said, "This is what we're going to deal with. You handle everything else," which is essentially basketball. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's what you want your administration to do is is. We've got your back. You go. You go do your thing, and we'll take care of everything else. And it was just a tremendous thing. Yeah, um, we'll get to the the recent run here in a little bit. So, uh, you, you know, Doug, from from what I've seen about you, and 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 just the, again researching for today, uh, you're a you seem to be a man of very high standards, and and those uh, uh, you know standards are non-negotiable that that you are uh your you expect your players and i would assume your uh your students and so forth and so on to to reach your standard rather than lowering your standard to reach what they want to do just how important is that to set high standards from the get-go and and to be consistent with them not to have those standards unreachable but yet at the same time you know, this is how we're going to do things at Antwerp, and you're going to have to reach my expectation. It's not up to me to lower my expectations for you. Yeah, and it's it, that's how you that's how you build things. Um, you, you, but you got to have a really solid foundation, and um, you know how how do you show those 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 students those. Uh, players, um, whether they be high school players, junior high players, even our elementary kids, is you've got to be able to, to, to follow those standards and you've got to be able to live those standards. If, if they can see it in me, if they can see that I've got great energy, if I, I've got a great mindset, if I've got, if, if I'm grateful for what I'm doing, if, if they can see that I'm living them, that as a 43 year old guy, that, you know, can't play basketball anymore and, and all these other things. And, you know, I, that I could just be there for them, but I'm still living, you know, a standard that I expect them to reach athletically or, 
um, even in the classroom, I, I just try to show them that I'm not just speaking it, I'm also trying to live it. And, um, you know, it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a challenge daily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. it, I mean, with everything, you just, you, you got to make sure that, that you are challenging yourself daily and you got to, you got to come prepared and ready and ready to battle that daily. Uh, but if you can continually try to do those things at a high level, your kids see it and they want to, they, they not only, that they not only think that, okay, they're just, he's just demanding that from us, that they also see that, he, that you're trying to live that way. And I think that's, that's really key. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach, it, it, uh, let, let's get into your, your Antwerp program here a little bit. Um, you, you've... Uh, and we'll get into the run uh, the le- that you've had the last three or four years. Uh, but before we get that, let's talk about your staff a little bit. It, you are, are really, really fortunate. Not only are you at your alma mater, uh, but three assistant coaches uh, this past season wa- were also uh, not only graduates of the school, but high-level players at the school. Uh, uh, Jason Horman, Aaron Taylor, and, and Sam Williamson, all three of those fellas, uh, graduates very good players and and i'm sure a key to the the team's success uh how uh, not only is it good to have really good former players but to have alums that know what it's like to wear that jersey to have that pride in the community especially a small community like yours uh just just describe how important that is to to help sell the program to the community to continue to build the uh the community and, and the strength of the program in the community it, and it's it's just it, it's absolutely huge, and uh, just to see some consistency, you know, you know, Antwerp has had its roller coaster. I mean, any small school that you get into, that they've had roller coaster of success at times, and you know, um, you know, take for example, Jason Horman, uh, Coach Horman, you know, in the late '80s, he was he he experienced the first success of of Antwerp, Antwerp basketball. You know, he, he was a part of the teams that, that that went to the regional and you know went to the regional regional finals and just couldn't get over that hump. So he he's he's seen that and he's lived it. And he was a part of that first, and then to see that consistency go on, you know, uh, Coach Taylor and Coach Williamson were both really great players here. Um, and you know they they understand what it takes to be successful in, in a small community. And then you look at you know Jason Landers, who you know he's our county sheriff, for example. Uh, so he it, it's always it's always a great part. It's always a great thing not only to have the, the tallest coach usually <laughs> on the sidelines, but also the fact that he is the sheriff in our county. Uh, that, those are always things that uh, that that kind of make you feel a little bit secure as well. But 
Um, you know, but you know, but even Coach Landers, although he wasn't a, an Antwerp grad, he's embedded in our community. So these guys, um, you know, they bleed blue and white. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're when you're talking about that, and, and our community sees that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I got the job back here again, the first call I made was to uh, was to Coach Horman, um, who had been an assistant under you know two previous uh, uh, coaching tenures, and, and I. I I wanted him to be there with me and to start this thing with me. And um, he was. He was completely on board with everything that we were going to try to do, and even some of the changes that we wanted to try to do. And he, to have that as, you know, just just the fact that he's been a part of this community for such a long time, especially the basketball community for such a long time, um, was big for us getting this thing rolling. And, and these guys are, are tremendous in what they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, 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 they have built this thing as much as anybody else that, that, um, that have been a part of our, um, our go here. And, and I just can't thank them enough for what they do because they're huge with everything that we do. And our players know it. They recognize it. What are some uh, ways that you are able to, to delegate your work with such a talented coaching staff? It, it's been, it's, uh, this is something that when I came came over from Brian uh, that I I had to try to do is just kind of release some things and mm-hmm. uh, you know they are they're they're very active in what we do in our scouting um, you know they, they I, you know for example you know Coach Horman does a lot of our scouting on baseline out of bounds that our opponents do and um, you know Coach Taylor runs um, all of you know all of our baseline out of bounds scenarios so he's in charge of those things so just kind of delegating some of those you know coach Williamson does a lot with our stat program and um coach Landers worked so heavily with with all of our our, our, our post players and um and just giving them ownership on on those things is really key and it, and it helps to take pride in what we're doing and they 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 did a great job with that they continue to do a great job but um they've taken things off my plate and mm-hmm. that's one thing that was a goal for me coming over here is uh you you have to be better at that and um you know those guys have made it really easy for me to be better that way is it is it uh, like with baseline out of bounds plays or you know post players? Is it a situation where you go, hey, come up with some good ideas, run them by me first, and I'll either stamp it or say come back with to me with stuff, or is it here's how I want you to do it? Here's the basic premise. You could tweak it a little bit, but here's the here's the three, four, five, whatever non negotiables, and do all these things, then branch out from there. How do you handle that delegation? I, I I go to them and I say this is what uh, come come with me come, come to me with with uh, what you want what you, what it looks like what do you want to do for example baseline outs uh, what do you want to do what's uh, what's are we going to have the same set every time we're going to have the same what's it, what's it going to look like um, we'll talk through it and uh, it, you know Coach Taylor for example he comes to me and says this is what I like I like these. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you know, I'll send him some different books that I, that I find, you know, either, you know, uh, via your website, uh, and other, other, uh, outlets out there on Twitter or whatever it may be. I said, Hey, what do, what do you like? And then he, I give him control and there, there'll be certain things that I'll tweak and, um, to get where we need to be, but I let him go. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really believe, and this has been hard for me as, as you go forth. And I, as I tell this with my junior high staff is, I don't want to take all the coaching out, all the fun of coaching out of it. So I, you know, 
you know, for example, our junior high staff, I'll give them one or two set plays that I want them to do, the base of our offense and what it looks like. But don't be creative and coach. You know, just I don't want to take everything away from you and say, hey, you're going to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to be. I want you to be creative and coach. Especially we had, you know, Coach Williamson, for example, Sam. He he's a younger guy. I, I want him to learn to coach. I want him to be able to be creative and coach and come up with set plays and come up with out of bounds scenarios. Um, so basically, I just say use the same terminology as far as numbering your out of bounds plays or fall, as far as calling set plays a state or something to that nature. Mm-hmm. But go be cre- go be creative mm-hmm. and. So I, so I try to let our coaches be creative, and, and they, they, they do great with those things. Mm-hmm. You, uh, like I said, the, the last, especially like the last three years, you've been on one heck of a run, Coach. You've only lost you know, four, five, six games, something like that, a handful of games. You don't need any toes to count them. I do know that. You don't need any toes to, <laughs> count, to count the number of losses. Uh, you, you had the the breakthrough. I, I believe it was the nineteen twenty season. You went undefeated in the regular season, and then, like you said, this year uh, you made it to the the state tournament. Now in Ohio, is it just the 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 final four teams standing? Is that's what's considered the state tournament? That's correct. Yeah, okay. uh, right. you go through what they call a sectional. Uh-huh. Um, then they go into a district, and they go to a regional, and then the final four teams are at the they go to state. Okay. All right. Um, you know, but but you kind of get through there. Kind of what was uh, the the process that you you went through there? Um, you know, the first year I imagine it was like, hey, great year. It stinks that we didn't get there uh, to, down to the state tournament. Uh, but wow, what a great year! And then you fall short again in in twenty one, and I, I imagine that had to be a little bit more frustrating. That oh, you know, we thought we we're going to make this. You know, so just kind of take us through the last three years of of really taking the program and especially your alma mater and getting that over the hump and getting them to that, that state tournament, that final four in the state of Ohio. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I love the fact that, you know, throughout this, the, the, the season last year, uh, we had a really great group of seniors, and, but though they're such great kids and smart kids. They talk to the media, you know, very well. For example, our senior Luke Krause, who's a, 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 our, you know, three-year starting point guard. Um, he's going to Bowling Green to play baseball, all those things. He's just a phenomenal kid. And he talked about this process, and I couldn't echo it even better. Um, just the process of, of going through what we had, we had to go through. Um, you know, it's, it, that, that first year, that 1920 year, that uh, we go undefeated and we make it to the regional, uh, which is a step before state. Um, and we play the, you know, we have, we're two undefeated teams, the number one team in the state. Uh, we were number two at the time. Mm-hmm. We we meet them in the regional semifinals there, and in a really well played game. We get knocked off. You know, it's it's kind of that. That's that first step. That yeah. that okay, getting that taste in your mouth of what it what it feels to be on the big time stage. And then the next year, um, you know, we get to that point, that same exact point, and you know, we hit we hit a shot. Uh, that gets wiped out at the buzzer. It gets wiped out for an offensive foul, and we thought we had we had taken that next step in, the, in the getting into the finals. And, and that, that kind of got, uh, you know, it, for it, it just it wasn't meant to be that year. Um, yeah. So that next step was a little bit heartbreak. And, and, and those seniors who have been a part of this for the, that those two years, okay, we know what it's like to be there. We know what it's like to have it taken. You know, a heartbreak scenario. Now it's time for us to take that next step, and 
um, and, and go through this entire process again and get everybody's best shot and then get yourself over the hump um, and get into the regional final and then finally making that, that trip down to the state final four. Um, you know, it, that that whole scenario was was a culmination of these kids just having that understanding. Um, and, it, it, you know, the, the year that uh, uh, in the, in the 2021 20, season, um, you know, we talked about this at the, uh, in our preseason meeting this, this season. It's like we feel that we're limitless right now. I, um, you know, coming here to Antwerp, but we thought maybe the, the ceiling was mid just making it to the regional or winning a conference championship. But we've got to break through that ceiling. We want our, we want us to, we want to be limitless. And like, we want Antwerp to believe that they can make it to, make it to the state final four and even win a state championship. You know, uh, last year's state championship and our, uh, champion in our division was a team that we beat. And, you know, so we have to have that mentality that we can play with the best. And those guys took it to heart, and we got ourselves to a place that we haven't been at the program. Sometimes that's the hardest step to take, just the mental part of believing that you can get to that point, don't you think, Coach? No doubt, no doubt. And um, it, we have we have kids that have seen a lot, been through a lot, um, and, and they, they kind of they leaned on some of the experiences and even from other sports, we have a lot of three sport athletes on our team and even from other sports and successes. And they, uh, they just, you know, those seven seniors that we had last year, just kind of just, they brought everything together and said, we're going to do this for our school. We're going to do this for our team. We're going to do this for our families and our community. And it was, it was, you know, something that I never thought I would ever be a part of. You get into this thing, you don't ever think that you know you're going to have all the success and and those things. But it, it was just one of those things that you'll you'll never forget. How uh, how emotional was it for you to uh, to climb that ladder and and ladder and and snip down that net? Um, the, the the ultimate emotions you know certainly came, come into play, um, and it, it was overwhelming. Huh? You know, you 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 know, I know you coach at a small school and. You know the the, the community support uh, is in high school athletics, especially in a, in a small community, is is overwhelming at times. And mm-hmm. um, it's to have our community. You know, we played we played our, our regional game at Bowling Green State University um, in a phenomenal facility, and it was full. You mm-hmm. know, and you know this is a Division One college, and, and and the facility's full, and and two great communities playing in that in that last game to get to the state, and to to see them, everyone standing and, and, and cheering on these these kids as as we cut down those nets at, at Bowling Green was, uh, you know, those, those things are going to be etched in my mind forever, and that's uh, the the emotion. That's that's that's. That's what we were we were we were striving for as a team, but I know that you know to have that, those kids go through that is just special, and I know that the, uh, they'll remember it forever as well. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding, with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to twenty five universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin 
video library. Coach, at this time, we're going to transition. We're going to go into our, our John Wooden quote of the day. Uh, we take it from Wooden, a lifetime of observations on and off the court here. Uh, Coach Bellman, are you ready for the John Wooden quote of the day? Absolutely. I can't wait. All right. So uh, from page 125 here of, of Wooden, lifetime of observations. A little bit of a long one here, Coach. So I'll, I'll try to say it quickly but slowly, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you can kind yeah, of sure. digest the whole thing. Uh, but I really like this one. So uh, John Wooden quote of the day is, you are entitled to be dejected when you know you didn't do what you should have done in preparing yourself to execute near your ability. Yes, then you have reason to be dejected. But if you have prepared yourself properly, there is no reason to be downhearted. Disappointed, perhaps, but not excessively so. And, you know, I read that and, you know, I... I think of it as, you know, so many times we, we grade ourselves, well, I'm a good coach because we won this game or, you know, or I'm a bad coach because we lost this game. But I, I know that there's been times where we probably haven't been as prepared as we should have and we still ended up finding a way to win and and vice versa, where I felt like, man, we played our tails off. We were really prepared. Our staff did a great job. It still wasn't enough. Uh it's okay. That's those are those those situations are all right. That's kind of the way I read it, Coach. How about you? I, you know, I agree one hundred percent. And um, the preparation side of coaching is is you know kind of what I I want to try to make sure that I do best for our guys. Um, and if we can put forth you know the best best effort in preparing and trying to get ourselves prepared to try to win, and and we lose. Well, sometimes, sometimes that's the way it goes, and, and there's, there's sometimes where teams are just better than you or they just made a couple more shots than you did or whatever it may be. But if you were ready, if you performed well, you performed well enough to win and you were prepared, and that, you know, that's, that's kind of how things go sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but, and our guys know this about me. Is, is, you know, to give you a quick example, is, you know, we play a lot of Friday-Saturday games. Okay. Uh, so we we'll, so we will play our conference games on Friday. And nothing and nothing then, Monday through Thursday. Not, no, nothing okay. Monday. You know, there, throughout the season we will sprinkle in maybe a Tuesday um, or maybe a Thursday, but uh-huh. they are under five I mean, as uh-huh. far as number of games. So uh-huh. so they're, they're they're under five. Most of our games are Friday Saturday. You're you're weekend uh, heavy. Okay. Oh, very very very. Mm-hmm. So we we spend our entire week uh, preparing for our conference game on Friday. Um, and, you know, so, you know, rightfully so, it, that's, that's where we're putting all of our eggs for the week. And, you know, we're trying to get ready to play Friday game. But, you know, some coaches, they, they do it another one way or that, you know, where they come in for Saturday. Sometimes they don't even have a walkthrough on Saturday and they just show up right before and they talk a little bit about opponent. I, me personally, I can't do that. We have to be somewhat prepared for a non-conference game on Saturday. So we're going to go in. You know, we're going to try to prepare the best that we can to try to put our best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we come in and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about our, our Saturday opponent. We'll go through some, some scouting with our Saturday opponent. We'll go through some film with our Saturday opponent. 
Um, and then, you know, some of it is, it, it is a little bit more about playing on, on those non-conference games, but we want to make sure that we're at least a little bit prepared so we have an opportunity to put our best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that really is what, what I, you know, kind of what Coach Wood is talking about is that if you can prepare and put your best foot forward, that's what you want to do in, in a lot of occasions, mm-hmm. um, rather than being unprepared and, and not seeing what your best work could be. Yep. Well, let's jump right into that, Coach. You know, let's, you know, jumping into your philosophy, uh, one of the things that you said you, you'd like to talk about is scouting and being prepared. Uh, go through your, your typical process there. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, let's say you got your Friday, Saturday, and uh, you, you got your conference game on Friday night. Uh, you got your, your uh, non-conference game on Saturday night. So let's, let's just go through your week, Monday through Saturday, and your plan – uh, to prepare your team for those Friday Saturday games starting on Monday, uh, what uh, what's your scouting philosophy? What are you looking at? I'm going to throw like 15 questions at you right now, so just be prepared here, Doug. All right, uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your philosophy? Uh, are you a film person? I, I know this last couple of years it's been a, different with COVID, and and it's you know we can't live scout. We haven't been able to live scout as much because of COVID precautions, but uh, film scout. Live scout. How many games do you, do you do you try to watch on each opponent? Uh, you know, what are you emphasizing? What are the key things that you're looking for? Uh, just so forth and so on. Tell us about what you're doing to prepare uh, Antwerp for for Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, first off, I just you know we're, we're talking about numbers of films. And I, I, I'm a film guy. I, I, I you know I love watching film. Um, you know, Huddle has been tremendous. Um, you know, for, for, you know, for guys like, like me that you just get film after film. And, um, so we, you know, for our conference opponents, we try to get anywhere from six to seven films, um, you know, quality wise as, as much as we can. And if, you know, if there's a, there's a film that's a little bit older, uh, I may get it because it's a good opponent, whatever it may be. And we start looking at them. Um, I, you know, I'll start usually Saturday evening after uh, our, our non-conference game and into Sunday, start looking at that film for our upcoming opponent. Um, and then by, by Monday, I get, I get the stats uh, for our opponents in our kids' hands, um, points per game, um, how many, you know, in, in each game, what, what they've scored, how many three-pointers uh, they, they've made, uh, in, you know, in the season and, and in each game. So we get the stats in the kids' hands on Monday. And as far as practice is a concern, we spend a lot of time on ourselves on Monday and Tuesday, uh, breaking down things as far as, uh, post perimeter, as far as, uh, you know, offensive things that we think we need to work on, defensive things we need to work on. So Monday and Monday and Tuesday practice, we spend a lot of time of kind of working on ourselves. Um, with, with, you know, we'll, we'll sprinkle in some things on Tuesday as we start to look at things, but, um, usually we, that's, that's really what we're trying to do. And then Wednesday we, we hit things running with our opponent things, um, with set plays. Uh, I'm a big set play guy, um, where, you know, I'm trying to get calls. I'm trying to recognize actions. I'm trying to uh, recognize formations. Um, you know, so I, I, Trying to give our guys the best possible hand they can play when when we when we when we try to defend. Um, so we start we start breaking some of that down. And one thing that that I've really evolved as a coach was what are they what 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 are they doing best? What's the what's our opponent doing best, especially offensively? 
uh, are they a continuity team? Are they an offensive team? Or do they run a lot of sets? And if they, you know, if they're a continuity team, then we're going to break down that continuity in our defensive segments. Um, you know, we'll, for example, we'll start in a shell segment. We'll work a little bit of shell and then we're going to, we're going to break down a continuity. What, what do they do? Do they screen away and then curl cut? Uh, so we're just going to break that down for two or three minutes. Um, and just defend that. And, you know, if, if they're a ball screen team, okay, we're just going to break that down and we're going to, we're going to defend the ball screen. So you see different looks out of, uh, out of that, uh, rather than just the same continuity. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. And if they're a set team, we take their top set. These are their yeah. top five set plays that they like to do. And we're going to break them down. Do they flare off of it? Okay, so we want to make sure we work on the flare, on how we want to defend the flare. Um, do they do they stagger away? We want to make sure, what, what are we doing on a stagger? Do they elevator? Um, and, you know, a lot of these things are concept-driven, you know, on an elevator screen, how are we switching, so on and so forth. But um, – what I've really evolved and I love how that on how we do things as a program is we break that down. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is their strength, so so let's try to defend that. Mm-hmm. Thursday Thursday's a little more. We get into some baseline out of bounds things and, and and calls with that, and then you know hopefully we're ready to play on Friday. Um, are you are you a uh, a a paper scout scout report guy? How do you? How do you how do you put it all together with your kids? Do you do you hand them a scouting report, something that maybe you've typed up, or do do you meet as a team and walk through all of you know the the, the scouting report all together at some point? You know how do you how do you kind of finalize all of that? Actually, we do both. Um, you know, with some teams, I think it's more important that they sit in here and watch it on film, and then I hand them the papers. Okay, okay, here's the set play that you see on the paper. Now you're gonna watch it. Um, with with other teams that I've had, okay, we're gonna we're gonna uh, you know post things, you know Google Classroom for example. We use we, the technology side. I'm getting better with, so I can I can post things on on Google and they can go and see it. And um, these are the plays that we're gonna go through today at practice. So on the court, we're gonna be. Um, but the last few years, a lot of on court has been better for us mm-hmm. as far as. Um, you know, trying to defend and prepare. Mm-hmm. But also along those same lines is this crew that we had. I've never had a group of kids that watch more film than they have than the last, uh, you know, 20 years of, of coaching. They, they were into the film almost as much as I was, um, which is, which is really great. So I, I really personally believe what, what is your team makeup? What, what works best for them? So I've, so we've done both the paper handout of a scouting report, um, and we've done the film sessions, but you know, certainly with all of that, we always incorporate the on-the-court stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to game day, or let me let's let's rephrase that, uh, you get done with Friday, and now you're turning around and you got this game on on Saturday that you haven't spent nearly as much time prepping for. Uh, how does how is that done on a on a Saturday on a short turnaround? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. And, and we start to lean a little bit on, on concepts a little bit more. Um, you know, for example, we, you know, we, you know, a lot of our defense, we, we switch one through five, um, which is, you know, a little bit different. Um, but we, we, we switch one through five on a lot of things. So that certainly does help us. Um, but we, you know, as, as far as, you know, I get home on, on Friday night and, you know, I've already started some prep with Saturday. 
Coaches, I love doing a pen and a napkin. It is something that was intended to become a hobby, but it has become a passion and a blessing in my life. I love helping coaches, and I hope that I've been able to help you in some way, shape, or form. I want to do more, but I need your help to do that. I've recently opened up a Patreon page to help a pen and a napkin grow even further, and I'd appreciate any help that you would be willing to give to a pen and a napkin. From the layup tier, and for as little as $3 a month, to the three-point tier, your generosity will enable a pen and a napkin to grow and develop even greater projects than we've already done. For more information, go to apenandanapkin.com and go to the Patreon link, or go to patreon.com backslash apenandanapkin. You know, they're ready to give their side of things as far as out-of-bounds scenarios and things to that. So, um, you know, we just talk a lot of personnel. We talk, okay, here's their top sets. Here's their baseline outs. Here's their sideline outs. Um, you know, those, those types of things is what we're going through and our walk through then on Saturday morning. Um, and we try to get ourselves ready and prepared. Um, and, and then you start talking about concepts and, and guarding concepts. And, you know, for example, you know, with a, you know, a, an elevator screen, you know, our kids know that they're going to switch weak side and not switch ball side. Um, you know, or we're going to force that we're going to force ball screens to the ball screen because we know we're going to hard switch. Um, so there's a lot of those things where we may not pick up on a set or we don't get a set or we don't get an action that we've seen when they come in to play on Saturday, they're not caught off guard. So, they, so we just kind of talk and they say, Hey, let's lean on the concepts of how we're defending and how we're defending screens. And then, um, you know, let, let, let's just go out and play. With your coaching staff, do you, uh, obviously they're helping you out with the scouting is, are, are they, taking the 30,000 foot view like you are, or are you saying, uh, you know, Hey, Jason, I just want you to look at their out of bounds plays. Uh, I want you to look at out of bounds plays, how they defend out of bounds plays, what they're running on out of bounds plays, uh, and kind of divvy it up that way. Or how do you, how do you delegate that aspect of your scouting to your coaching staff? <laughs> well, I try, uh, but <laughs> these guys are just bas- basketball guys and basketball junkies. And they start, you know, and I usually tell the coach, tell him, I say, hey, you know, give me, look at their out of bounds, see what you, see what you think out of bounds wise, give me some. And he, and he starts coming in and says, hey, do you see them when they ran this? Did you see? So, so they just get into the film, which is great. Good problem you know, to have. They, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, so, so they come in with some, some other things that I may not have witnessed or, but, but, but the beauty of it is they know what I'm looking for mm-hmm. and they know, they know what we're going to try to tell the guys. Um, so, so it's not, you know, they, they have an understanding of what they're trying to, to, to watch and what they're trying to see, even when they're not watching just baseline out of bounds. Yeah. They're, they're not going to bother you with, uh, you know, information that is just irrelevant that, that you're like, okay, yeah, that's great. But I don't care that that's not that big a deal. I'm really looking at this and this and this, and that's, that's cool that they, that you saw that, but I don't care. You know, that, that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. They, they know what we're trying to get accomplished. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, let's 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 jump into uh, what you want to talk half court offense or half court defense first, coach. Um, I tell you what, uh, let's let's talk some half court defense. Okay, all right. So again, I'm I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you, turn the space over to you. Uh, sure. Tell us tell us a little bit about your your half court uh, defensive philosophy and what you guys do and and why you do what you do you talked about switching one through five i'm intrigued that's what we do uh so uh you know let's let's hear what you got here coach 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, first off, that's that's really been kind of the, the cornerstone of, of how things have turned. You know, we've we've really become such a really solid defensive basketball team. You know, the last three years we've gone uh, our points per game has gone thirty seven, thirty four. Uh, to a school record of 32 points per game, and it's wow. pretty good in, in high school boys basketball. Um, you know, we we have been benefited that we can switch one through five. You know, we even had you know our best player Jagger Landers, who's going to university to play basketball, uh, Finley to play basketball, and you know he's six foot seven, and you know we were not afraid for him to switch out onto a point guard and and, and defend a point. You know, and. Um, Number one, because you have to have great knowledge. You have to have great knowledge of how to play the game and understand the game and uh, understand how to use length and those things. So our kids have, have really developed that. But, I mean, to, to be 100% honest with you, when we first started doing this, we still weren't great one-on-one defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that we really tried to get better at. You know, we, you know, we we were good at switching. We were good at making passes tough. We were good at, at uh, when we switched, not getting sealed, stepping back towards the basket, all those things. We were really good at that, uh, but we still weren't great one on one, and that yeah. and that that hurt us. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we started, you know, and this has really helped us both offensively and defensively. We played more one-on-one in, in practice. Yeah. You know, we play a lot, we play a lot of side games and we play a lot of one-on-one in practice. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we don't, is, Oh, sorry. I, I, we don't have a day that goes by that. We don't have five to 10 minutes on just closeouts uh, because yeah. it, it starts with, if you can just keep one-on-one on the ball, then your team defense is going to be that much better. But, Again, and we'll talk about offense here in a little bit. What that also helps is there's times where you just can't run a play or you're not in a position to run a play, and you as a player have to make a play. And if they're not given those opportunities to work on those things consistently, uh, then they're not going to be able to make those plays. So I'm right there with you. We minimum of five uh, and usually seven to ten minutes in some way, shape, or form every single day at our practice. We're working on closeouts on defense and how to beat closeouts on offense. Absolutely, and, and it, 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 you're right. It's it, it's a it's a program builder because it works both ways, and you got to learn how to score and, and those things. But also, you know, you gotta you you have to be able to learn what you can and can't do defensively. Um, I mean, there's just certain guys that you can't go out and pressure. And and play one on one, you know, past the three point arc. You just can't mm-hmm. do it. There's certain guys that can't. Uh, and there's certain guys that we expect that you have to be able to do that because you're more than capable of it. And you know that's that's your expectation that you have to be able to do. So you have to be able to learn. I mean, there's so much learning that that people talk about uh, of playing offense and what you can and can't do. I, I really think there's learn. There's a lot of learning of what you can do defensively and what you can't do defensively. As your um, as your kids it, as your kids move up from your junior high program to your high school program, do you feel that it's more of a challenge defensively and and playing varsity level defense than it is playing varsity level offense with some of your kids? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have, for example, we have a freshman that's gonna gonna really push hard for time. Um, you know, this year at the varsity level, certainly the JV level, but possibly at the varsity level, and he's played a ton of basketball. You're talking travel ball, all those things. You know, these kids have played against high level competition, and um, but you know, within our system of what we want to do defensively, it was it was a challenge at times this summer 
um, when he played with us of, of being on the right page, seeing switches, um, you know, all those things of garden one-on-one, garden one-on-one with physicality, um, you know, all those things, are, it's, it's an adjustment. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people think about, you know, just trying to play with the speed on, on offense. But I, I really believe this, you know, defensively is a, is a big adjustment as well mm-hmm. um, with what you're doing. All right. So what uh, how are you teaching it from base up? What are some things that you do one on one? Maybe if you got a drill or two that that you guys do there at Antwerp, uh, Doug, that'd be great. You know, just just how are you building that system up from from the foundation up to where you're able to switch one through five and be as aggressive as you are? Well, uh, you know, first thing is that we'll, we'll start just uh, we start a lot of one on one in our practice right away, and we play we play different games. Um, you know, uh, we do we do. You, know, you talk about when you really break down a game, and we can talk about this on offense. It, it, it's very simplistic. Jump, stop, and play on two feet on offense, and learn how to pivot. Um, being able to guard one on one defensively and being in the right spot so you can see switches on. You know, those are those are fundamental things. Uh, so we start with, I mean, with some of our competition and practice where um, the offensive player will start under the basket and he'll just spin it out. And he can spin it anywhere on the floor, and he's got to spin it, jump stop, pivot, and rip the ball while the defense is following him, and he's right there. So now you're playing one-on-one right from there. So we're working on footwork on offense and pivoting, and then it's one-on-one um, uh, right from the get-go with the defender right in your grill, and you have to be able to keep the ball out of paint defensively. Um, so that, that's something that we work with. Um, we started using one this summer uh, that I really liked of uh, playing – one-on-one in the paint um, where you've got to be able to wall up in an area. So, the, the you know, it's the same type of, of principle mm-hmm. where you have a defender, you spin the ball, you pivot, but you can't go outside the key. So you got to be able to score with using your body and pivoting, but you also got to be able to defend and wall up and not give up easy shots when, when the ball is in the paint. So um, those are just some one-on-one drills that we, that we like to use uh, to start and to get us going. Um, but when you start building it, it, it really does come down to – when you're talking about switching, it comes down to a really basic shell. Mm-hmm. And when we start our first week of practice, the, and the reason why I, I like, you know, it, it is basic, but shell principles keeps you in the right spot so you can see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able, we talk to our guys all the time, so you have to be in the right spot defensively so you can see a, a switch that's coming uh, because we do switch one through five. So you've got to be in the right spot um, in order to see the switch if a, if a screen's coming. Um, you know, if, if you're hugging your man and you're not help side, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's easy to get caught up in, in a switch and get sealed and those things. But if you're in the right spot, you know, the defenders coming, the offensive players coming to screen you in the paint rather than going out to the wing where you would be if you're hugging your man. So you can see those switches a lot easier. So it's, it's really basic fundamental principle. It's like, Hey, you know, Make sure you're in the right spot so you can see things, and then make sure, you know, just like anything else, is you have to communicate. If you, if you, you know, if you're not talking and you're not communicating, you're not helping your teammates, and you're not going to be able to play. Mm-hmm. When you're on or when you're guarding the ball, uh, are you a force middle, force baseline, straight up gap, or is it uh, off the scout? You know, uh, if there's any other way to guard the ball, please let me know. I think those are kind of the only. <laughs> Those are kind of the four things, but uh, yeah. yeah, you know, what are you teaching there to set up the four uh, the four fellas off the ball? Yeah, we we, we teach we teach uh, force and baseline. 
Okay. Uh, we, we, with our closeouts, we, we feel like uh, with our closeouts and able to reach uh, with our hand to contest, that gives us the best opportunity and to force baseline. Uh, but we do also game plan. Um, you know, uh, we, I mean, the beauty of having having guys that, that kind of buy into what you're doing is they will be able to make adjustments in, mm-hmm. in your game planning scenarios. Uh, like, you know, hey, we, we want to make sure that we get to this guy, but we're not going to our footwork's got to be different and mm-hmm. they do. They, they, I, I give these kids a lot of credit. They, they do hang on to that. So we do game plan, you know, cause if we expect the ball screen coming, um, we want to force the, into the ball screen. We don't want to give them opportunity to refuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those types of things are guys, but we, we are going to start off. We're going to teach baseline. Mm-hmm. How about how you kind of touched on it there, ball screen coverage. How are you teaching that? Yeah, we want to force ball screen, um, we, uh, again, we feel that gives us, w- with a hard switch, you know, with some of our opponents, we, we feel that we're really good of being able to, we feel that we're really good at being able to handle them if they're coming off that ball screen, off the dribble to contest, and they're not going to beat our guy. Um, where we really work hard on is then defending the role. Mm-hmm. Um, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we don't get sealed up on the role, um, step back to the basket, and you have to, anticipate that so so again this is where communication is coming the bigs got to talk early ball screen right ball screen right make sure that we step to the rim and get yourself in, in a guardable position right away with your with your with your feet and not just your hands um and denying that so you're not you're not getting sealed up and get caught behind the roll guy mm-hmm. what about uh how are you teaching those off ball uh switches i i think that's an underrated teaching aspect because people are like, well just just switch it well no it's it's not that simple to just switch everything off ball you know what are you doing to, or how are you teaching that switch off the ball uh yeah that you know that's 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 a really something that we really have to break down um it, so you see different looks uh because you know if people are know we're going to switch so they're going to come in looking to slip screens they're going to screen their own all those things uh you know kind of give a switching defense problems number one is you know, again, a simple basic, uh, simple basic basketball fundamental is jump to the basketball. For example, if I'm guarding a ball, passes to the wing, I got to make sure I jump to the ball. Um, that way, I'm in a good guarding position to see the screen that's going to happen on a screen away. But also, he can't screen me mm-hmm. um, because sometimes when we get beat, is we walk next to our guy and then he screens you, knowing that you know the guy that's coming to the top is gonna is gonna be my guy. But it, you know, I get screened because they're screening their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but if but simple jump to the basketball and get over, that helps you see that you you know see the screen that's that you need to switch and see the guy that's coming. And but also allowing yourself not to get mixed up in that screen your own game that a lot of teams try to do to us. And you know, again, you got to you got to be able to handle the slips because uh, a lot of team will teams will also slip, and it, it's just. You throw different scenarios at at at, at the guys, and, and, and hey, we're going to play this 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 game. You do what you want, play the game of basketball, and and, and force the guys to communicate their way through it. Um, you hear you hear you hear our coaches talk a lot. You have to talk your way through it because we can't micromanage everything. You have to talk your way through it. If there, and it's hard to say, you know, what do you say, 37, 34, 32, you're down to 32 points a game. So this seems like maybe the dumbest questions I've, uh, one of the dumbest questions I've ever asked on this podcast, Doug. So forgive me, please. <laughs> uh, but if there's anything that does at times give your uh, scheme trouble, 
what would it be as you're as you're switching one through five? Uh, the, you know, and we kind of we kind of got into this a little bit. You know, certainly uh, as far as, as scheming things that we haven't seen uh, that teams try to do. You know, we, I felt I felt we've we've handled a lot of things very well. Um, you know, we get down to the state tournament, um, and you know, I, we thought that our opponent Tri Village did a tremendous job of of playing high low. That gave us that gave us some issues of of sealing up, and we're and even our guards are in good position of denying uh, of getting around three quarters, and then they seal us they seal us up and they throw over the top. And some of that was a little bit of just plain old human anatomy where uh, <laughs> they had a little bit more size than us and, and yep. that caught us. Um, so the high-low game has given us a little bit of problem at times. Um, you know, and certainly uh, so a couple of teams have caught us on set plays where they did a nice job of really stealing, for example, on a ball screen. Mm-hmm. Um, they hit the top real quick and they, and they kind of hit that roller coming down the lane. Um, so just certain scenarios where, where – uh, a quick action, a quick seal has, has gotten us in, in trouble a little bit with our switches. Gotcha. Uh, coach, let's wrap up with your, your half-court offensive philosophy. Uh, what, are, what are you doing there? Uh, how are you, you know, generating baskets? It sounds like you had a, a kid who's prayed doggone good kid that, hey, let's, you know, uh, let's get it to him and let's get the heck out of the way when we need a hoop here. Uh, which that makes us all look really, really smart as coaches. I totally get that. But uh, overall, how are you building your your team offensive philosophy uh, from top? For, you know, for, again, kind of like your defense from 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 the uh, foundation up. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly we we focus pretty heavy on, on just basic 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 skill. First off, um, you know, you know, jump stop playing on two feet, those types of things. Um, you know, we are a, a ball screen continuity team. Uh, we have been the last few years. Um, you know, we're going to look to be a little bit different, a little bit uh, more spread out as we don't have the size that we've had the last few years. Uh, but we will still use our ball screen uh, uh, concepts at times. So we are a ball screen continuity team. Of, uh, but, you know, we play through the post a lot, you know, and um, where – we had opportunities to to feed the post, and you know, I, I our kids from when I got here have really grown in the aspect of understanding. Number one, understanding the benefits of getting a ball close to the paint, whether it be dribble penetration. And obviously, I say we we throw the ball to the post a lot, or you know, post feeding, and how that benefits you. Um, because you know, I, I'll give you just a quick example. You know, we. In, in, in our, our first regional game, our best player, six foot seven, um, scored five points. You know, he's mm-hmm. averaging twenty a game. He scores five points, but he was the most effective player in the entire game mm-hmm. because he touched the ball every time. Yeah, he touched he touched it every single time, and they ran doubles. And you know, he had six assists, and that that and five of them were wide open layups. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the the, the sheer importance of, of trying to get post touches. And even when you are running a ball screen offense where you're bringing your bigs out the ball screen a lot, the importance of, of when the ball gets reversed of still being able to look on that diagonal post seal and seeing if you can get touches, I, I think is, is pretty key. And our kids have, have really garnered that understanding of 
the importance of getting the ball into the paint with it. You know, yeah. Obviously, the penetration can get there as well. But yeah, I, um, I think the, uh, the the term that I've heard used recently, and and this was this was used a lot a month or two ago when when the Warriors were making their run and Curry was getting all the attention, and rightfully so. Uh, but they sure. they talked about the gravity of Steph Curry and how even he, he might not get shots, but he draws so much attention to you that he's able to get lesser players wide open shots and easy shots for the team because he demands so much attention and gravity for the way that he spreads the floor. Is that kind of the concept that you're, you're talking about there, coach? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, certainly if we had, if we had a Steph Curry, you know, that it would be even, even more simple, <laughs> you know, of what that may look like, but, yeah. you know, but that's, you're exactly correct. And, um, you know, what's everyone react to? Everyone reacts to the basketball. Yeah. You know, offensively and defensively, whatever, maybe everybody reacts to the ball. And, and the closer that thing gets to the basket, the more they react to it. And, and as soon as that, uh, as soon as that gets as close to the basket as you can, if, if everybody's paying attention to where the ball is, somebody else is going to be open. And, you know, that was a beautiful thing about, uh, the way we've played in the past is, uh, as of now, and you know, hopefully, certainly in the future, that you know these kids make the right basketball play, and they certainly have made the right basketball play. Whether it be trying to make a post move and score, um, or you're you're going to kick it to a cutter, or you're going to kick it out for a three. So, uh, making the right basketball play is 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 a part of that too. And, and um, you know, I, I, our kids seem to respond very well to that. Are you a big set play guy? Uh, do, do you have a lot of sets, or are you a little bit more free flowing with your with your ball screen continuity, uh, like you've well, had the last two or three years? Well, you know, you know, we are. You know, we we, we uh, especially as you get into to the tournament, you start to play. You, you have to execute half court, um, and, and a lot of that is set plays. Um, <clears throat> and so, we, so certainly we do run our, our share of sets, and um, you know they've evolved and, and become you know, different looking, but you know, it's kind of funny and our kids know this is we kind of end up, it, it may start a little bit different, but we kind of end up with the same look at the end where we might get a post touch on the block, which we call a power look, or we may get a, a, a drive, uh, a, a, an ISO look with our, with our best slasher at the top of the key with a shooter in the right corner in our, in our best slasher going to his right hand and trying to make a play there. So we call that OU. And, you know, so, so we kind of, and I, I like the way this has evolved where we may, we may look different getting into it, but we kind of end up with some of the same looks of, of what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend in your practice uh, working on just that five on five half quarter, five on zero execution type of stuff? How do you get those? reps in when do you like to throw that into your practice schedule where you think it's really effective and the kids get the most out of it yeah it's and and this is you know certainly something that's continued of trying just to evolve what practice looks like to make sure that you're doing you're doing the things that's going to benefit the kids the most and keep their attention or you know just just kind of jumble up practice of what it may look like every day uh you know we, we we've done different things and um, you know, we try uh, in a scenario where we go, you know, we go up and down for a uh, uh, five to seven minute segment. And then we're instead of just breaking right away to go shoot free throws or something like that, we're going to put the kids in a half court scenarios and say, OK, 
you're tired. We have we have some dead legs here, so let's go play half court. Mm-hmm. Um, let's make sure let's let's make sure we're focusing here in, in a half court scenario um, where you know we may start with a baseline out. If we don't have anything on the baseline out, let's run some offense, or we may start the ball tops. We want to look at these offensive sets this week, so we're going to start here. Um, so so we've done that. That's that's been successful. Um, you know, or we'll take a segment where we'll uh, towards the end of practice where you know it might be a, a, a Wednesday or you know at the end of practice or a Thursday towards the end as we as we start to wrap up the week and okay we're going to run set plays but we're going to make sure we transition back into some transition D of something that we want to make sure that we look at so we're going to run a set play here execute um, we do play a lot of what we call cutthroat uh, mm-hmm. where um, you know. You're trying. You're trying to. You're trying to get to, to uh, three baskets made before the other group gets the three basket made. And if you score on offense, um, you get to keep the ball. Those types of things where we try to. You, you got to try to make execution important in practice. Mm-hmm. And um, so you just try to try to look at different things that you can do that to try to make sure that you're you're executing um, and doing the best that you possibly. Um, one drill I do want to make sure I bring up that I've really enjoyed that we've used in the past that involves. Um, we call it five on five on five. Yep. So we have our we have our first group of five that's going to be going down each time and playing against a set defense. So that makes them play in the half court. Um, and then you know, so they they the, our first group of five will always be the ones that that will transition. And, and our kids just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> they they hate every. They hate every aspect of it, of running back and forth, and the fact that you know if we have our freshman team in there, and you know our freshman group was, is the the five that's going down in transition, and we have them set up in in places where it's going to be really hard to guard them in transition, and they're shooting layups and all these other things, but um, it, so it forces our varsity guys to play against a set, uh, a set half court defense. They have to execute. If there's a made basket, turnover, defensive rebound. As soon as that happens. The other five is going down in transition, and our offense, our, our first group of five, has to sprint down and play defense in transition and find guys in in, in a situation where they're at a disadvantage right from the get go. And then they have to come back and play five on five again and execute on offense. And um, as soon as they get five big baskets, they can be done. But sometimes it, it gets pretty tough. And so uh, that's that's a drill that we like to use too. Just make sure we get some conditioning and uh, trying to trying to really challenge them mentally um, into executing. No, that's a really good one. I, I I like that. I like that. That's if if you have the numbers to be able to to do stuff like that and narrow it down to uh, the the emphasis of winning that possession is Absolutely. is is so important to teach your players and uh, when you. Uh, and we we really did we just did that yesterday in our skill session we we did uh, uh, like a four on four thing where it was just okay you've got the first team to score a basket wins so you have to get a stop and if you're on offense you have to score a basket you score a basket you win which means what do you want to do you want to get a really good shot you don't want to turn it over because you know if you turn it over if you take a bad shot that's going to open it up for your opponent to get an easy basket and now you lose and now you're, you know, they move on and so forth and so on. So uh, we like to do that as well. Coaches, just the, the emphasis of, of one possession. Uh, A lot of times in in, in practice uh, we'll jump in 
and we'll say, you know, we'll just do a real quick, hey, uh, we call it up one, down one. And we literally have one possession where uh, if you're on if you're on defense, you're up one, and you've got to you've got to win this one possession. And if you're on offense, you're down one, and you have to score. And it it you know blue team versus or you know blue team versus red team up one down one. Here we go. We're going in ten seconds, and we'll you know we'll literally do this in thirty thirty five seconds just to just to throw that out there to keep them uh, not only emphasize the importance of one possession, but also the uh, the mental transition and, and the more we make them think quickly in practice and make those transitions, then the more chaotic we make it in practice, uh, it, it will help them in, in a competition is that's our philosophy. And anyway, I love that. I mean, that's, I, I like that up one, down one. That's, and, and you're right. in the fact that, you know, the importance of possessions, and it, you know, all of a sudden you put, you put so much emphasis on one possession and, you know, the, you know, offensively, the ball's moving side to side. It's, it's, it's not, you know, one pass and, and, and chuck a three just because you're open, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, the offense is like, all right, this is an important possession. It's changing sides, it's passing, it's moving, it gets into the paint because you know the, the emphasis of, of, of how important that is. And, and, and it's just amazing how that changes right away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Doug Bell, uh, Billman, the, the head boys basketball coach at Antwerp High School in uh, northwestern Ohio, just across the border from Indiana, a stone's throw away from Fort Wayne. Uh, coach, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast this week. Uh, any any social media that you'd like to plug for yourself or your program? Um, yeah, I just, uh, number one, again, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I'm at uh, at dbills11 uh, on Twitter. Um, that's kind of that's my uh, social media or my Twitter account, but also a, a lot of Antwerp basketball there. And then Antwerp basketball, uh, Antwerp boys basketball on Facebook is is where you can see a lot of the the the, the archers and on with with our basketball program. But uh, I was really excited to just talk hoops. Uh, certainly with you coach and, and and have an opportunity to to you know get out there some of the things that we do. Uh, there's no better platform than, than uh, a pen and a napkin so I, I certainly appreciate the opportunity well i i appreciate the praise there's there's probably at least one other platform that's that there's there's got to be somebody that's doing better than me but i do appreciate it coach uh you know i appreciate you coming on here i i, I i'm glad you enjoyed your time here uh, if you could hold the line here a second, just got to wrap up a couple things, and and uh, we'll call it a day. How's that sound? Sounds great, Coach. All Thanks. right. Uh, again, Doug Billman, head boys basketball coach at Antwerp or Antwerp High School uh, in Ohio here. Uh, again, thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. Download, rate, and review this podcast. Give us five stars. Help us out. Questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Check out a pen and a napkin.com. A lot of great stuff on that website there. And, of course, if you'd be so kind, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin. Or if you go to a pen and a napkin.com, we have a Patreon page there. Coaches! As always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.